Are you ready for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday shopping season? You'll have more wallet out, ready to buy traffic than ever. And with orders coming in hot and fast, we're going to want to maximize it by pulling on one of my favorite revenue levers, Average Order Value. And there's one app that I always recommend merchants install to bump AOV, and that's the Bold Upsell app. The Bold Upsell app is your best shot at having your best holiday season ever because it lets you create upsell and cross-sell offers when customers add something to their cart, at checkout, and even after checkout. So I'll let you in on the inside info that Bold shared with me. The after checkout upsell has doubled the conversion rates of pre-checkout offers. And that makes sense. It appears on your thank you page with an urgency-inducing countdown timer, last chance to buy headline, and an amazing one-click upsell because it already has all of their shipping and credit card info stored from their order. Now, personally, I like to run both pre- and post-checkout upsells because I don't want to leave money on the table, and I'm sure you don't either. So here's the best part. Right now, Bold Upsell app is free for 30 days. Yes, free for an entire month. So visit boldcommerce.com or search Bold Upsell in the Shopify app store to get it today. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You know the benefit of SEO. The higher you rank in search engines, the more visitors your store will have. And more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do that? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines. And it's trusted by thousands of Shopify stores. It leads the market in both innovation and usability. And it's no wonder. SEO Manager adds an entire suite of tools to help attract new customers by fully optimizing your store. So here's a few of my favorites. It scans your site for SEO issues, offers keyword suggestions, adds structured data support, analyzes missing pages and redirects, and it even integrates with Kit, Shopify's personal marketing assistant. And that's not all. It does a whole bunch of more stuff. All of these things will help you to be easily found in Google and other search engines. And best of all, it's easy to get started. You can launch SEO Manager on your store in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Plus, as a special offer to our listeners, you can get SEO Manager right now for 10% off forever. Sign up at seomanager.com unofficial. That's seomanager.com unofficial. Hello and welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Elster. I am high on achievement at the moment. I just got back from Shopify Pursuit New York, where I filibustered 40 people for four hours. There's a tongue twister teaching them about how I run my business, you know, how uh, start to finish. And really, it was quite, quite cathartic and exhilarating um, because three years ago, I gave my first public talk. I was terrified, like ready to barf terrified. And it went fine. Nothing bad happened. And people saw oh, this is a good talk. And now, yeah, I've done it several times, um, and I did a four-hour workshop, didn't practice it, had my notes in front of me, and I learned two things from that experience. This is a housekeeping note. We'll, just, we'll, we'll get going soon, I promise. Uh, I learned two things from that. Is it, Number one, to grow as a person, as a business, you got to make yourself uncomfortable sometimes. Anxiety is just your brain trying to keep the status quo, right? And uh, the other thing I learned is if you're, you're scared of, of public speaking or telling your story, et cetera, that's the one thing you're probably best suited to speak to is your own story. And if you can't, if you can't screw up, you can't screw up telling your own story, right? You lived it. Um, so just to 
just a tip there for public speaking, whether it's you know recording a video for your website or talking at a meetup and giving back to the community, whatever it may be. Speaking of community, at all of these Shopify events, I have met one extremely informative SEO wizard named Dale Bertrand from Fire and Spark, and we got to talking about holiday SEO. We said, because he's an SEO wizard, I said, man, is it is it too late to do content marketing at this point um, to do SEO, or you know, is now the time to just jump in and get it done? And he said, actually, I got a lot of thoughts on this. I said, what? Whoa, whoa, hold on, don't tell me yet. Let's let's talk about it on the podcast. So joining me to discuss holiday season SEO, you know, getting how to exploit that spike in holiday search traffic is Dale Bertrand from Fire and Spark in Boston. It's an e-commerce marketing agency, and he has got an impressive client roster. Citizen Watch, Ministry of Supply, MakerBot, super cool, Raymond Whale, Bulova, you know, so several watch brands in there, and even um, his biggest brand, NDA, he can't say what it is. That's a shame, but I promise you have heard of it. It is in the nicotine space. Uh, It's cool. Anyway, uh, he's got two decades of experience applying his graduate school work. Oh my, grad school in artificial intelligence to digital marketing. Okay, so this guy has got got some good stuff going here. He started his career building high-performance commuting systems for the NSA. Yes, the National Security Agency. I didn't know that. That's cool. Now, Dale is a specialist in search engine marketing, online advertising, and analytics, and of course, enjoys tennis, skiing, and urban adventures around Boston with his two kids. Dale, how you doing? I'm good, Kurt. Thanks for having me on the the podcast. My pleasure, man. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Anything around SEO, um, getting ready for Black Friday for the holidays, is always always a win for our audience because the appeal of SEO, of course, is it's free. You know, you're not paying for you're not paying pay per click, and of course, the time involved and the gamble in it is the expense. But there's you don't have to spend additional ad money on it. So, did it, well? Did I get that right? So so yes. So everybody talks about uh, organic traffic as being free. Uh, which is which is awesome and somewhat true, as we all know. Uh, once you get it set up, once you have the content, you're targeting the right keywords, and you've got some technical bits correct on your site, it can really drive organic traffic from search engines um, over time, valuable traffic. But we all know that that SEO is hard and it, it requires work. Um, and above all, it requires a leap of faith because it, it really does take some time to, to s- set some things up, create some content. And then see some traffic, uh, you know, a, a while out from when you're actually putting up your content. So, it's this is my fear: is it's October now? Is it too late? Am I wasting my time? Or now is now the time to jump in and do it? Oh well, so now is the time. I mean, absolutely. Uh, we you know we talk a lot about you know how long it takes for Google to index new content and start to drive traffic for the keywords that you care about. Um, it, it, it's obviously it's hard if you were writing long form articles or you needed to put together a, a content calendar to, to get some content out there. But, um, you know, Kurt, later on in the conversation, we should talk about some forms of content that that don't require writing. So, um, you know, we're, we don't have to go through this this upfront cost of, you know, sitting down and writing 10 articles or something like that before we could get started. Right. Because writing is feels for a lot of people it feels like homework i personally like i have to be in the mood to do it there are times where i just sit down and i can bang out a thousand words with just in one go without even thinking about it and there's other times where it is just like pulling teeth whereas my wife is like well writing's not hard i don't see the problem I'm like no, no no it's not hard for you for everybody else it's homework 
Um, so that's, I suppose that is, if you can just sit down and write, that is an absolute unfair advantage you should be exploiting. Uh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people. I can, I can sit down when I'm inspired and I can write a, a two paragraph email for our email marketing and then later on expand that into an SEO article. But, but that's, that's in my trick. Right. I like, and I like that idea of, well, rather than like sit down and try and write a giant article, just write the quick email. And then if it resonates with people, okay, you know, expand on that. And even if, like if they ask questions. So oftentimes just making one piece of content, just getting started a little bit, break that glacier into an ice cube, make your ice cubes, right? And then see what, what works, what sticks, what resonates with people. Um, all right. So Absolutely. Going, moving. There, so we've established, yes, we should be diving into this now um, and optimizing uh, for holiday SEO. And I, like obviously it's a... Uh, you know, it's a, a softball question, because if it weren't the case, we wouldn't be doing this episode, but it, it was worth getting out of the way. Um, okay, so when I think of SEO, I think of it really in two buckets, offsite and onsite. And offsite, I, onsite, I, I think, is the, the easier the one, easier one, because you have the control over it. You create the content, you publish what you want, um, versus offsite is really link building. Can I get traffic? Can I get other people to link to me? Where does your holiday SEO strategy fall into and how important is link building in this, this effort? So, so links are always going to be important. I mean, obviously you want to have as many links as you can. I mean, just, just to back it up for people who are, who might be getting started with SEO, um, Google looks at links to your website from other websites as endorsements of your website and the particular page that, um, that the link is linking to. So the more, more people, the more the more websites, the more blogs linking to you, the more the more authority your website and particular pages are going to have. Um, obviously, that's hard for people. So you know, if you're just starting out, you might not have any links whatsoever. Getting a handful of links, even if it's from a friend that runs a blog or uh, maybe one of your vendors or something like that, is really going to help because you're going from zero to to something. Um, if you have a larger site, maybe you already have a hundred domains linking to you, a hundred other websites linking to you, then it's going to take a little bit more to move the needle, but it, it's still, it's still a, a good idea. And, and Kurt, this is, this is something too, that we can, we can dig into, um, in this conversation in terms of, you know, like recommended strategies if, if you're interested. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, where that's a good, so with link building, you're saying each link is a each backlink from another site is a vote of confidence. Google sees that and goes, "Oh, the more links they have to a particular thing, you know, ignoring all other factors, those are um, that's each one of those is a a person or website raising their hand and saying this is worthwhile, this is valuable, right?" Absolutely, and and, and there's so many different ways that you can go about achieving that. I mean, people talk about uh, writing writing quality content like. Uh, you know, thousand plus word article on a particular topic, um, and then put publishing that. But but also, really, links are about relationships. So if you have any real world relationships or even relationships that you're creating online over social media, uh, the trick is really figuring out how to how to create those relationships and and leverage the relationships that you already have uh, for for link building opportunities. So what I'm hearing is if there are any quick wins for link building, like, hey, just asking a friend, oh, would you mind, you know, uh, would you mind linking to this on your site? Um, I should definitely act on those opportunities now. 
Oh, absolutely. And I and that's those low hanging fruit opportunities, the quick wins you're talking about. That's definitely where you should start. Sometimes that involves, you know, giving a product to somebody that, you know, and asking them to write an honest review. And obviously that review is going to include a link. Uh, to the product page and your home and your your website that that's a great place to start especially if you're you're just starting out with um with link building okay so we've got step one is start now step two is look for that low-hanging fruit in link building opportunities which you know maybe friends or family um associates colleagues etc start there and then now what what do i do now yeah, I- so I mean, we're we're talking about uh, holiday SEO today. So the the context for this link building is really trying to get links to our holiday content. So I would I would really recommend starting out with keyword research. So link building is is important. Um, like I said, we want to get a handful of links if possible. But starting with the keyword research is is really really the way to go. So um, everybody's selling something different. So you really want to think about the particular products that you're selling, um, you know, who gives them as a gift and and what for. Um, you could imagine just as a quick example that um, you're you're selling candles. Maybe you have a candle shop online. So you could imagine um, doing your keyword research, and and we will talk about tools. But you could imagine doing your keyword research and looking for. Uh, looking for keywords like you know Christmas dinner table setting or holiday mantle decorations. These are different contexts that you would be you would be selling your products during the holiday season. And really, the goal of our keyword research is to is to dig deep enough that we're not going after the most obvious, super high competition keywords, which would be something like holiday decorations. Um, and but we we really get down to some keywords that aren't a super high competition, but they're also relevant to what we have so that people who are typing in those keywords will be interested in buying our products. But um, in addition to that, they have non-zero search volume. So it's not going to be the highest search volume like a keyword like you know Christmas decorations, but it would be somewhere in the middle uh, where, where we are getting some traffic. Give me uh, an example of a um, something too broad, and then something um, that's like right, right in that sweet spot of long tail keyword. Yeah. So, so for the watch clients that you were talking about, um, we you could imagine a a broad keyword like watch gifts, or uh, even even something like watch gifts for men, which are super high competition, and but they would be they would have a decent amount of volume. And then on the other end of the spectrum, if we're talking about something that's just too uh, like too uh, narrow would be a keyword that would include the the material and the the watch face color or something like that. Like if somebody w- if you were targeting a keyword like gold watches for men with a, a green face. I mean, we're really getting kind of out there into you know the long tail morass of keywords that people probably are typing in, but they have such low volume that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to optimize specifically for those super long tail keywords. Okay. So in the step three here is, is keyword research. So we've got an idea of where to concentrate our efforts. We're not just spraying and praying on keywords. We're going to use a, uh, a data driven approach to figure out, all right, these are the topics that are likely to get me results because they're not going to be hyper competitive, but they're also going to be stuff. Some people actually look for. What are the tools? How do I figure that out? What do I use? I don't know where to begin. Yeah, so I mean, you can you can use a free uh, keyword planner in an AdWords account. 
So you can sign up for a, a Google advertising AdWords account. There's a tool in there, Keyword Planner. It's a great place to start. It's not going to cost you anything. And then there are other tools out there like um, Keyword Keyword.io that works well. We we run an agency, so we've got subscriptions to paid tools. So if you're if you've got a little more money, maybe you want to just sign up for a month for one of these paid tools, or or get a, a subscription for a while. But there are a bunch of tools out there like Ahrefs, Keyword Spy, uh, SpyFood.com. Those are paid tools that allow you to look at your competitors' keywords. So that's really a different level where if we're selling, uh, for example, we were selling you know novelty socks on on a merchant site, we would be able to to find our competitors and see what keywords are driving organic traffic to their site. And and honestly, more importantly, for this type of keyword research, if you were using a paid tool, I would look at what keywords our competitors are bidding on in AdWords because those are the keywords that the competitors are actually willing to pay for. So they're probably more valuable. Okay, that makes sense, and I've, I've included those tools in my show notes. Um, so once I've figured out my keywords, what do I do with them? How do I, I've, I, well, I generate it, I figure out my keywords, I evaluate the competitiveness. So I've got my broad list of keywords, I narrow it down, evaluate the, the competitiveness of these keywords. Did you tell us how to do that? Uh, so you can, in evaluating the competitiveness, it is important because like we're saying, we don't want to spend a lot of time and effort going after a, a super high value key, keyword that's high volume, but it might not, uh, it might not be, be approachable for us just because there's so much competition. So ideally what I would do is type that keyword into Google. Um, you can use the tools to figure out competitiveness. Like some of the tools we just talked about will give you a competitiveness score. And that's interesting if you're looking at a lot of keywords. But for individual keywords, type them into Google, see who your competition is. If your competition is is name brands, like a, a, a page of 10 brands like Amazon and uh, Macy's that you've heard of that you know are going to have high authority, then that's super competitive. Another thing that I look at when evaluating competitiveness is whether the titles of the pages on that appear in the search results have the exact keyword exactly, including the order of the words, in the title. And if they do, then that means that those, those pages are well optimized for that particular keyword, and that might not be a good keyword to go after because of the competition. So if I've got a keyword that I, a long tail keyword phrase, so say it's like five words, I think this is a good one, I can, I can speak to it, I Google it, and the first you know, three, four, five results aren't that exact match page title phrase, those are the ones that I want to use. Yes, yes. Okay, um, you'll, see, you'll, see, you'll see a lot of those types of long tail keywords where it's not well-known e-commerce sites that are coming up, instead it's, it's content, um, it might be like blogs you've never heard of, um, and, and those are ones that you can, you can, um, you basically found a gap in Google search results that you could fill by creating some content. I'd love it. All right. So once I'm, uh, well, going one more question on keyword research, since we're talking about you know, really like holiday gift guides, I think is where would be the, the broad category that people end up looking for. You know, like you've got that hard to gift for person, right? Um, yeah. or you need to find the perfect gift for someone. Uh, and that's what I think people are, are Googling for and the kind of content we're going to try to create. I always struggle with, you know, how do we describe it? Do we say uh, holiday or Christmas or what? Like secular versus non-secular. How do we phrase it? Or what, what's oh, the strategy? Oh, good 
Good question. So you know, one of our clients is a gift site that has exactly this issue. They want, um, they've decided just, just from their own, their own purposes that they don't want to focus on Christmas keywords on the homepage. But when we did, they want to use, you know, holiday instead just to be more inclusive uh, because they, they serve people who celebrate different holidays. Uh, but what we found when we did the keyword research was that the the Christmas keywords just have a lot more volume than the holiday keywords. So we really recommended a strategy for them. So they have the resources to to target both. Basically, they're building gift guides that are Christmas gift guides and they're building gift guides that are holiday gift guides. If you have less resources, you might be writing a cut one or two gift guides or something like that. Uh, the, the truth is that the a, a long the, a long tail keyword that is you know not too short, not too long, just like we've been talking about, that is a Christmas keyword is going to have higher volume. And I would I would just just take a look at some of the tools that we've talked about. Keyword planner, you know, plug in some Christmas keywords, plug in some equivalent holiday keywords, and and verify that for for yourself for the specifically for the the industry that you're in, the niche you're in. It sounds like the answer is it depends, as is often the case. <laughs> yes. But um, in that, uh, it, I think the what I'm hearing is the strategy is well, Christmas is always going to have more like the same keyword phrase. If I swap Christmas for holiday, Christmas is going to have a much higher search volume. But if I'm in a hyper competitive space, maybe I can use that as a strategy to go after holiday. Whereas if I'm in a less competitive space, there's no advantage to do holiday. Exactly. And the same thing for Hanukkah keywords. I mean, we, we, they've got volume and, and that could be the, a great niche depending on the, the product that you sell. Right. You know, and, and in, like looking at my own family, right, we've got, um, we've got uh, Christians, Catholics, Mormons, uh, atheists, Jews, everybody, right? So you want to, I think, um, you know, you just want to find where the opportunity is, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And okay. And we're, we're talking about, you know, doing some keyword research, spend 20 minutes on it so that you, you have enough time to dig deep and get some keywords. And then from there, plugging 10 keywords into Google just to get an idea where the, where the opportunities are. All right. So once I've got, I've got my opportunities, which are these, these keyword phrases that I know I can create content for and will have, um, they're not super competitive and they'll have a decent search volume. All right. So I've got my, my Venn diagram, I've got my, my keyword ideas, my, my right, really these are writing prompts. How do I go create content for that? Because we talked earlier about man, writing can be, um, even if it doesn't feel like homework for you, it could be time consuming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it, writing is, is homework for me. <laughs> so um, for for me and, and, you know, the sites that I manage, I'm always looking for the opportunity to create content without writing. And, and what that looks like is something like collections pages. So in Shopify, you could go in, create a collection. Uh, you might already have collections on your site that might be more brand focused. Uh, for example, uh, a retailer we work with, they sell shoes. They have collections that are focused on brands like Nike and Adidas. But for them, we've created additional collections that are things like shoes for toddlers or, um, you know, get even gift ideas if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for gift ideas in a particular area for a particular person. So that would be what I would call keyword targeted collections. In addition to that, if you're 
if you're you know mid-size, maybe you have a, a, a larger brand where you're working with influencers, or maybe you're a smaller brand, but you're doing some social media and you've got some relationships with influencers. We love the idea of asking an influencer to curate a collection on your site. Uh, what that'll do is it'll 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 basically give them the opportunity to do some promotion for you because they will if you have that relationship. But it'll also create an, another page on your site that ranks for keywords relative to the types of products that that influencer cares about for the holiday season, and you'll you'll get you'll get that content. Um, also question and answer style content can be easier to write if people are asking questions like um you know what are some gift ideas for a toddler or um things like that so you could imagine that a q a style content would be would be a little bit a little bit easier um and then when we get into gift guides i mean gift guides really don't need to be you know two three thousand thousand words with a bunch you know competitor projects and your products it, it, when you're writing a, a gift guide it could really be as easy as writing something that is you gift ideas for a teenage girl or something and then you list five products with images and a link to the product page and then a, a description of each product something like that and those could be much easier to write than than writing prose yeah i think the the gift guide really um it's a, a listicle and those are not terribly difficult to create I love the idea of using collections as landing pages for this. So I, I know what my keyword phrase is. I make a title, come up with a page title that uses it, make that the title of the collection, either the SEO title or the, the actual title or both, you know, so we get the H1 tag out of it. Um, then we write, we expand on that with a, a decent description. Um, I don't know if you've got guidance on how many words that should be. So when we're, we're talking about meta descriptions, so... Were, are you talking about the gift guide or are you talking about product page meta descriptions? I, I probably jumped Oh, sorry. Ahead. I was doing, um, I was talking about making a collection page as to use as a landing page. Um, and yet we've got the meta description, which generally, like I, Shopify lets you do 320 characters, but I think Google switched back to 160, so that's what I've been writing. Yeah, Google's been finicky because they, they went to the 320 and then they slowly dialed that back. So, you know, we recommend if you can write the 320 meta description, but okay. Google's been truncating them. Um, and it's my understanding the meta description is not part of the ranking factor, but it will obviously influence your click through rate. Oh, big time. So if you're building, I mean, we're talking about collections here. So, um, there's a description on the page, Kurt, that you were talking about where we want to get one to two sentences. Like we don't want there to be zero copy on the collection pages that we create. And then the SEO description that you can set up in the, in the back end of Shopify, that's the description that people will see when they're searching. Um, they'll see it on the search results pages. With with those, we have a great opportunity to really entice people to click on the page, our collection, rather than somebody else's. And lots of, lots of tricks there. But we we do things like mention, um, you know, mention price if if it's a decent price that you you mention like you know gift ideas for recent grads let's say that's the collection and then in the meta description we say gift ideas under $25 like people will really be attracted to that and then also if you have reviews on your site you can mention the number of reviews in the the description um, and then things like, you know, lifetime guarantee made in the USA. I've had a lot of luck by including something like, you know, new edition for 2018, 
or new for the 2018 holiday season, um, including that in the description, because you're trying to get people like if somebody types in something like gift ideas for a recent grad and you decide that you want to have a, a collections page for that keyword, they're going to see other articles and other collections pages from other sites. They're going to see 10 of them on the first page when they do the search. So you you want them to be enticed to click on your collection. So that's how, how, why we're talking about optimizing that that meta description. Right. And often, like, um, I like to include a, a call to action in there. Like, just, you know, learn more. And then the, that, like, carrot symbol I like that looks like a double arrow um, to act as a, a CTA to increase click-through rate. And then in the collections description itself, it sounds like you don't have to get crazy with it. One to two sentences, that's not tough. Um, you know, describing what's in there. And then uh, creating the collection itself is pretty simple. Um, you said uh, use a um, – you like the idea of doing price. I agree for a gift guide because people know in their head, like, this is what I'm going to – I'm looking for a gift, but they – the sky's not the limit. They know what they're going to spend. So it's like $25, 50 $100. Um, $100. So you could create um, a smart collection where you go, all right, I want – only products um, you go priced zero to twenty five dollars. Sort by best selling, so it's a self optimizing collection now. And then um, you know whatever category or tag or type applies to the keyword. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then that allows you to really build them out. Um, but there's so many keywords because you could you could talk about building out different collections for in your space like gifts under 25 bucks gifts under 50 bucks and these are things that people are typing into google in terms of the price all right so i create i love the idea of the collections pages because it's i mean the keyword research is 20 minutes it's quick and then use those ideas to create these collection pages with the automatic collections this is easy stuff um and then we could do the listicles all right little little more work but uh still not particularly difficult and then finally you know writing um product reviews of things, which you should know the products, you should be able to write the reviews, but all right, now we're getting a little harder. But the one thing you're not telling us to do is to write like these giant time consuming ultimate guide 2000 word articles, right? Yeah, I mean, those have value, um, but you know, we're, we're trying to target as many high value keywords because we, we started out by going through this exercise of figuring out what keywords we want to rank for and which ones you know, have just the right amount of competition for us. And we want to rank for as many of those as we can. So we, we've got to come up with an efficient way to create the content. I love it. So we've got this efficient, quick content creation strategy for Shopify merchants. Now what do I do? So so now we've created these, we've created a bunch of content, right? So this gets back to, to linking. So internal linking and external linking. So we've already talked about getting links from other websites and blogs that would link directly to this new content that we've created and then also to the homepage of your site. We, what we haven't talked about is the internal linking. So during the holiday season, you know, we it, it makes sense to have links to your holiday content on your homepage. So during the holiday season, we know that we would want to have a link to our most important holiday pages. So maybe if you're a watch company, it's it's watch gift ideas is is one of your important pages. Or you might decide to to put up a Black Friday page, or it might be Black Friday. Uh, you know, electronics deals or something like that page. So we like the idea of figuring out how to get them onto your homepage. It could be a, a new box at the bottom or the top, depending on what design you have for your homepage. We also like the idea of getting them into your, your top navigation. 
So that could be a, a, a gifts drop down or a gifts ideas drop down that might contain all this content, or it could be a holiday drop down, whatever makes sense for your site. And then um, we could also put them in the footer. From from an SEO perspective, we love having them being well linked during the holiday season from all three of these places. But the the important thing, and this is this is something that a lot of merchants get wrong. We don't want to take this content down after the season. We we really want to create evergreen it's evergreen holiday content in the sense that we keep it up and we reuse it every year so because remember we're trying to build links to it so for your absolute most important pages like you might have one or two pages holiday pages like a black friday page or something like that i know merchants that i work with that keep their black friday page linked in their footer of every page on their site every day during the year they never take that down hmm. Um, so and the reason why is because that page just that ranking for that keyword and permutations of that keyword is so valuable to them that they want to drill it into Google's mind that this page exists. It's important. It has links. And it's so important that the site links to it all all year round. That's a good point. And you're right. It's not like I mean, gift guides are going to be valuable year round. Um, and we it's not like the holidays aren't going to come around next year. So we do, we want to leave that stuff out there, up there. It is a valuable resource and tool for our, our customer, certainly more valuable than most blog articles. Um, and it, it is focused directly entirely on shopping, which is what we want. That is the purpose of our stores to sell more stuff more often to more people. And I, I love this idea of leaving it up year round. Uh, okay. Yeah, we don't, I mean, the last thing we want to do is put some effort into getting some links for our holiday content and then not reuse that the following year i mean the next year we want to generate some more links and build on top of what what we're doing this year so we're really we're talking about um you know specifically here like black friday cyber monday christmas but does this same strategy work for other holidays like mother's day valentine's day Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, when it might be a, this might be a different conversation, Kurt, because it's a lot to jump into. But um, we, we, when we start working with a, a new site, one of the first questions we'll, we'll ask is to understand what holidays they, they see interest for and they see traffic spike, sales spike on their site. So we work with a, a merchant that sells engraved jewelry for moms. So the jewelry will have their kid's birth date and, and name on it. And their traffic spikes around Mother's Day, which makes a lot of sense. But we're, we're, so we're talking about holiday strategies here that, that could be used for other strategies. We have another client that does well for, new, for basically like the Lunar New Year in Vietnam <laughs> because they have got an international strategy. But um, so when we when we're looking at a site, I mean, what I would say for people listening to this podcast is to to take a look at the the sales and when they spike on your site, and really understand what holidays it is that that you should be ranking for, or, or basically, I mean, trying to put in some some special effort for SEO. So of the, I love all of these strategies you've given us this step by step process, which is brilliant. Um, recapping it, it's we start with um, one start now. To uh, we want to build a list of our, our keywords, right? We want to figure out where the, the opportunities lie in there. Um, and then we're going to create, uh, generate content around that. So collections, um, collections and gift guides are such a winner. Then generating links for it and a lot of internal links. So header footer uh, links that people miss out on. And then um, leaving that up year round 
uh, both the links and the pages so that we don't lose the value of it because it has value year round. Um, it's really, it's quite a, it does not, when you break it down like that, it does not seem like a complex strategy. Anybody could do this. Um, but all of your advice has centered around writing. And I have a note here to ask you, what about content without writing? The stuff that doesn't involve writing. What, what are my other options here? So video works. I mean, um, you know, we all watch videos online and, and that is the, the, the new frontier when it comes to content. The, the thing to understand is that Google's a text-based search engine um, for, since its beginning, and, and it still is now. So when we're talking about SEO that is primarily for the Google.com search engine that we all use, we, we really do want to start with written content. That's why we said to put a couple sentences on your collections pages when you create them. But uh, video is a big opportunity, and people do searches on YouTube, and people, and also Google includes videos in in the results that you would normally see. So my my advice around around other forms of content, which is which is really focused on video, is to to type the keywords that you're targeting into Google, and see if the Google.com search engine returns any results that are videos. So um, the the space that uh, I've most recently worked in would be like car parts, like somebody who's uh, got a site, they're selling, they're selling um, automotive parts. That is an area where people really do want videos because they want, not only are they looking for the part, but they might start their search or start their research by looking up a video on how do I swap this, you know, how do I swap the muffler, uh, replace the muffler on my car or something like that. And they would be looking for a video first and then they're, they're, they're likely to buy the product that they see in the video. So my, it really depends on what space you're in, the products that you sell, and most importantly, are the people who are searching for your product looking for video? And and that depends on the space that you're at. Right. Yeah, it's, I mean, everything, all advice, marketing advice is going to come down to, does is this how your audience shops? Is this what your audience wants? So there's that dependency there. But I mean, we have consistently seen video boost conversions because I think it even if people don't watch it, that's the crazy part. It boosts conversions because it speaks to professionalism, I think. Absolutely. Um, and it could, like, it's, it's moving, it's action, so it's a, a thumb stopper. All right. If, what's the, the number one mistake you see people make in terms, with regards to their holiday SEO uh, strategy? Well, you know, starting at the end of November, I mean, <laughs> that, um, that, that can be tough, but, and that's then the also, worst. like, yeah, then also like we talked about, like some some big brands I've worked with have this idea that they roll out holiday content and then they take it down. And we really like the idea of, of reusing the same page with the same URL. Uh, super important because we're going to do link building for it every year. And then taking a long-term approach where, you know, this year we might not get the we might not get the results that we want this year for the for the holiday keywords that we're going after because we're just starting but the truth is if you can generate some of this content that's evergreen and then get you know a handful of links to it you'll you'll you might not do as well as you want to do this year but you'll do better next year because you'll get a few more links to the content i i've always viewed seo and content marketing as planting a garden it is a long-term strategy um so don't be frustrated if it doesn't work right away but yeah um you know, uh, uh, I think it was two, yeah, two years ago, I had a client text me on Thanksgiving in the evening and said, hey, do you know my MailChimp password? So I, A, that's crazy. But B, I knew 
we all knew that they had waited until the last hour to do anything about Black Friday, Cyber Monday marketing for this brand. So it's already October. Start now. If you haven't been doing this, if you haven't even been thinking about it, oh my gosh, that's scary. But it's not too late. There's still going to be the people who wait till Thanksgiving evening to worry about it. So if you think it's too late, it's not. Start right now. You will be ahead of, of all those other folks. And to Dale's point, set it up now, then you'll have it for next year because um, you're, you're building a, a durable business for the long term here. Dale, what's, uh, what's the one thing you wish everybody would do, their, their one takeaway from this? Just start looking at keywords and get, you know, find, if you're just getting started, find one or two keywords that you get excited about and, and put together a, a piece of content like we're talking about. Um, you could, you could literally do it the entire process in an hour if you're, if you focus on one or two keywords and one or two pieces of content. And then obviously if you have the, t- the time or the resources to do the, more than that, um, uh, do more than that, but just, just get started. That's, that's the biggest thing. Focus on the, the first keyword and the first piece of content. So let's, let's break down a minimum viable marketing strategy as homework for these fine folks. It's Jump on Google Keyword Planner, it's free, or try Keyword.io or any number of other keyword tools and start putting in um, keywords related to, like, your, your niche plus holiday gift guide, like, stuff like that. It will give you a bunch of ideas. Um, find the stuff that is, has traffic but is non-super competitive and grab 10 of those, drop them into Google, um, find the ones that don't have, and I love this tip, that don't have the exact match phrase in the page title, those are the ones that no one has optimized for and you're about to. Grab that one that speaks to you and your brand. Make a collection page with it um, and do it as like gifts under 50 bucks for whatever uh, is ideal. And then link to that in your header footer and see if you can get anyone else to link to it. And boom, there. You have now, with that literal one hour of work, you have at least some holiday season SEO strategy in place. Sounds good. No, I'd love to love to hear from people who um, who implement the strategy. And how could people get in touch with you, Dale? So really through our website, so fireandspark.com, um, all spelled out. So we have a, an article that I've written, a, a pretty pretty detailed article on how to do this. So so feel free to take a look at that. We also have a piece of content we put together that compares um, SEO apps for Shopify and. And I'd be happy to hear from anybody who has questions. I'm, I'm Dale, D-A-L-E, at fireandspark.com. So if you have questions, I'd be happy to hear from you. I will include the link to the holiday season SEO article on fireandspark.com in the show notes that recaps uh, some of this. And of course, I'm not going to put your email in the show notes because Lord have mercy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's very generous of you. Reach out to Dale. If you are a listener and have questions, I promise he is a good dude. I have always enjoyed meeting with him. Dale, this has been enlightening. I love it. It's such a, a effective and practical strategy. Thank you so much. All right, great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And and thank you for the workshop you did in New York last week. I, I've got a few pages of notes from it, so I learned something. Oh, yes. my I know I did a good job if I gave you homework. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Before we go, I wanted to tell you about the one Shopify theme I've used more than any other. It's called Turbo by Out of the Sandbox. And as its name implies, it's built for speed. But that's not why I love it. I love it because it's the most configurable feature pack theme for Shopify today. Features like predictive search, easy mega menus, 
infinite scrolling collections, and a ton of page templates for all of your content. And I've got a special offer for you. You can get it today at a 20% discount when you use the code PODCAST20. You can even try it for up to two weeks, and if you don't love it, Out of the Sandbox will refund it for you. So to check it out now, go to ethercycle.com turbo and use code PODCAST20 at checkout. It's ethercycle.com turbo. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.